I'm Bonnie Lin, Director of the China Power Project and Senior Fellow for Asian Security at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In this episode of the China Power Podcast, we're discussing China's food security and how concerns over sufficient food influences Chinese policymaking. As the world's most populous country, China is increasingly facing challenges in feeding its 1.4 billion people. Despite its considerable size, China only has 7% of the world's arable land. Domestic food output was only 65% of Chinese food demand in 2020. That number is expected to dip even further to 58% around 2030. China's leadership, including Chinese President Xi Jinping, has made this issue a top concern, issuing prominent statements and declaring national-wide campaigns to address food security. However, external supply chain shocks, including the war in Ukraine, continue to weigh on China's food production and its imports from abroad. How China addresses its food security concerns has implications not only for domestic stability and the legitimacy of the CCP, but also how China can weather greater external or international tensions. Joining me today is Wendy Wu, political economy editor of the South China Morning Post. Ms. Wu joined the Post in 2015, covering foreign affairs and economy. Her journalism career spans more than a decade. She is currently based in Beijing. Wendy, thank you for joining us today. Um, I'm happy to be here. So the topic of our discussion today is food security in China. So I'd like to start by discussing the roots of China's food security concern. Has China always been worried about food security? And why has this issue increased in prominence in the last couple of years, particularly the last decade? I think as many other countries, China has always placed a great focus on the food security. And uh, any serious food supply shortage or the crisis would need to not only economic, but also political stability and threaten the legitimacy of the Chinese Communist Party. It may sound a bit propaganda, but uh, PRC has succeeded to feed the world's largest population and increase the nutrition over the past decades. And it also part of the great efforts that the uh, that China has eradicated the extreme poverty in China. Um, while Xi Jinping mentioned many times that the Chinese rice bowl must be held firmly in, the, in their own hands, there are some concerns and uh, risks which has challenges this, challenged this, especially in uh, the past uh, years, especially after the trade war between the China and the U.S., and also the, the challenge by the climate change, and also the increasingly hostile external situation faced by China. Uh, green security has for the first time been listed into the China's five-year, latest China's five-year plan. And uh, it is also set a very clear target that the green outputs should be placed at least 650 million tons each year, which is a minimum requirement and set a very a hard task for the local government leaders. And uh, on, the, on the concerns of this uh, China's uh, food security, internally there are some concerns. First is the decline in the farmland acreage and also a decline in the soil quality. China has set the minimum requirement of acreage of the arable farmland. In 1990s, it's about 120 million hectares. And in recent recent years, it has tightened supervision and sent warnings repeatedly that this red line cannot be breached. 
I want to give a sort of comparison about this number. According to the latest National Land Survey released in 2021, in 2019, China's arable farmland was about 128 million hectares. It is slightly above this minimum requirement, but it is just about 66 percent of the U.S. arable farmland. Meanwhile, China's population is four times the U.S. There are also warnings that the acreage, the coverage, will continue to decrease and even fall below the red line in the coming next decades because of the multiple reasons such as the urbanization and industrialization. Another issue is about the quality of the soil. Just to give one example, which is、uh, the black soil earth in the northeastern. Chinese regions such as in Heilongjiang, Jilin, and some parts of the Inner Mongolia, it was called China's giant panda in the cultivated land. But it has been cultivated very long time ago,、uh, started from the 19th century. And after the intensive land reclamation and the intensive uses of the fertilizers, the black soil, which is the most、uh, fertile land. Around the world, and the nutrition has been、uh, decreased, and the chenosome layer is thinning out. So there are worrying signs, and、uh, it is also interesting and astonishing to know that over the past、uh, several years, the farmers, instead of、uh, plant grains on this black soil, they just、uh, illegally exploited the black soil. They dug it. And sold to the other parts of the country, and it is a very concerning sign that all these factors can contribute to some instability of the China's domestic green production, and which prompt the leadership to drafted and implemented、uh, some laws to conserve the land. The latest one is the、uh, law on the black soil conservation, which took effect October first. Apart from this, China also has some high reliance on key commodities in agriculture, especially soybean. The consumption of China's soybean each year, among this, there were eighty percent of soybean is、uh, is imported from overseas market, and among those imports, eighty percent was used for to proceed as feed, because China's major meat is pork, and it used to feed the the pigs. And also the the rest of the twenty percent is used to produce the、uh, edible oils. But this high reliance, especially、uh, U.S. is the major exporters of the soybean to China. So、uh, especially when the overall tension between U.S. and China has has heightened, it also sounds the alarm to the leadership that China needs to reduce this、uh, high reliance on the of key agricultural product on one or certain countries. So, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing such a comprehensive discussion of all the factors, or at least a large range of factors impacting China's grain insecurity and why the Chinese government has focused more on food security. How productive is Chinese technology? How productive is China in terms of its grain output?、Mm. In 2020, at the Central Economic、uh, Agricultural World Conference, Xi Jinping sent a very sterling warning. Expressed his concern that China has 
not achieved substantial breakthrough in the seed, especially in the uh, in the innovation which can substantially inc- increase the crop output. And it is stressed that the innovation and especially the innovation in agriculture, plantation technology, and especially the seed industry is a only way, effective way to raise domestic uh, food production. But uh, that is uh, still still cannot be feel released among Chinese among Chinese experts. I want to give an example that the soil bean and uh, corn production, uh, although most Chinese farmers are used domestic seeds, but the unit production is around half of the US level, which is quite concerning. And China has 6,000 seed companies totally, but only 100 have R&D capacity. This is according to a state media. And the innovation power and the competition are therefore quite uh, relatively no. And it's hard to achieve uh, big breakthroughs. And there is also some studies, a uh, report saying that the R&D spending in total was less than half of the, the company, the German biotech company. Uh, China is the net importer on seeds, mainly on the vegetables and some on the broilers. And uh, the Chinese government has stepped up its push on the innovation and it has uh, released a plan called the Seed Revitalization Plan last year, but it has not made it publicly. So we are, I mean, the for the outsiders, we are still waiting anxiously to see what's the detailed roadmap for the Chinese government to push forward to this. So I wanted to go back to a point you made earlier about the impact of both urbanization and industrialization on China's ability to feed its population. I wanted to bring it back to sort of the day-to-day of Chinese citizens. As you look at China's concerns about food security, are you seeing any concerns in the urban areas, in the rural areas, or is this largely a concern for the future? Like, for example, you mentioned that that China has been able to bring a large number of its population out of poverty and provide more food. But how does this relate to food security? Does that mean right now that China is broadly concerned about the security of its food supply, but it's not necessarily facing significant issues of starvation or hunger in China? Could you just elaborate a little bit more on basically how, do, how does this impact the current day-to-day activities in China, both in the urban areas and rural areas? I don't think there is a food crisis in China. There is a stress to ensure the food security. But it's a stress does not mean a, a crisis. There are concerns of that. And China has largely achieved the self-sufficiency on the uh, rice and the wheat, which are the main staple for uh, on the Chinese table. So I don't think there is a quite a problem either in the urban area or the rural area on how many people can eat each day, day to day, their daily life. But it is more in the, the biggest risk is more existing in the plantation area, such as uh, how China can increase or stabilize the grain output and how China can struggling with a breakthrough in the plantation technology, how to mitigate the risks 
of natural disasters and extreme weather's disruption to it. And especially during the COVID controls, we have seen in the first half when China has implemented very strict COVID restrictions, which has raised a lot of concern that it might disturb the spring plantation. And the local government are trying to mitigate the disruption to the to the agricultural production. And even in the Deng Xiaoping era, Deng Xiaoping has set a a benchmark target that China needs to reach uh, a certain level of the output production in the year of the 2000. And it has been a long-term target and the policy goals that China needs to stabilize its, its green uh, output to ensure that it can largely can feed its own population. So, Wendy, you mentioned that China has largely achieved self-sufficiency on rice and wheat, and the main goal is to stabilize grain output. So could I ask, when you look at China's self-sufficiency, does China have a food reserve? And if so, how many days of food stock or food supplies is in that reserve? If, for example, China experiences extreme weather or can't import or experience any of the challenges that prevents China from being able to bring in additional food supply? I think it's a, it's a very interesting question. China does not has not revealed a specific number of its uh, food reserve, but in the COVID situation in November 2021, China's Ministry of Commerce said in a statement, which was very w- rare, and to encourage the local resident to hoard some food which triggered some many speculations of why the government said such thing. Uh, the explanation is that um, this also triggered a sort of clarification by the Chinese officials, especially from the agriculture ministry. In a press conference held later, the uh, agriculture ministry officials said that actually China has no food crisis, no food concerns. The, the food inventory it, at the national level is at a level which was very high and from the historic perspective. And uh, the overall food inventory can feed its population by one and a half years. And for in some major cities, it also set up emergency reserves which can sustain 10 to 15 days. That is the latest public information we've known. And China said that uh, uh, trying to play down concerns about the food shortage is also trying to say that uh, the uh, to to cope with some emergencies such as the strikes of the uh, extreme weather or the natural disasters. Could you share a little bit more about what are China's main concerns with respect to natural disasters and what types of natural disasters is China most concerned with? I would imagine that the types of weather condition that China worries about varies depending on the location in China. But what is the general thinking and general concern in terms of natural disaster, extreme weather, or climate change? I'll just give one example. Last year, the Henan province in central China, which I think is the second largest wheat producing region, it has suffered uh, floods. And later that year, the, the, the officials has acknowledged that the floods, the, the extreme weather has posed difficulties and challenging on the wheat plantation that winter. 
it is rare that the government has acknowledged that the risks on the grain outputs due to the natural disaster. And since 2020, the officials has、uh, repeatedly warned that the natural disaster and extremely weathers has become more frequent, and it was posing it has been posing a challenge for the country to stabilize its grain output. And also on the climate change, there is some、uh, initial research on the black soil I just mentioned, which is the most fertile land, farmland in China.、Uh, the global warming effect has surfaced. The average temperature is now nearly two degrees Celsius higher in the black soil today than fifty years ago, and this has speed up. The decomposition of the soil organic matter faster, which means that the nutrition has been further declined, and the extreme weather such as floods and droughts also cause the losses of the soil, which also affects the affect the production. Despite there are a lot of calls and research from the、uh, on the researchers and experts about to to address the impact, so far there is still. Lack of the national response to this challenge. Great, thank you. I wanted to move to another topic that you mentioned briefly, which is the impact of external shocks to China's food supply and food security. Why should we care about China's food security? Is China concerned that in the event of a crisis or a conflict, that its food supply might be cut off? Is China concerned that if it experiences any changes in food prices, it could lead to domestic protests or unrest in China? Are these concerns that China has with respect to its food security?、Uh, when we talk about the food security, we need to put it in a more general, a more broad picture. That Xi Jinping talk about the national security strategy, and the food security is one of the one of the important pillar. A late aspect of this, and every time when there is a global food crisis, especially after the new century, China's massive imports compared to the other country and its great imports have been an issue that has been made China more easily being targeted as a driver to driving up the global food prices. Though China needs to to walk a very fine line. About to feed its population and trying to avoid sending too much influence on the prices on the global market, and so especially after the U.S.-China relations are get tensioned, and also due to the China's reliance on a lot of imports from the U.S. agriculture market. Why does China care if global food prices increase? Why does it matter? Because it domestically it it is concerned that. This external crisis would impact its domestic prices, which will drive up inflation, which will be a de- detrimental to its、uh, economic recovery, and would easily lead to some、uh, some instability, especially when the impl-、uh, young young unemployment is very high. And externally, if the tensions with U.S. has been heightened again, it will it also lead to risks that its、uh, some imports from the U.S. will be cut off. So that's. Several reasons which pushed the Chinese government to、uh, stress the food security issue and to push for its domestic production. I mean, there is a concerns, but、uh, there、uh, and there is a stress on the food insecurity. 
but it is not a crisis in China. And um, China has always been alert on this for many decades, and it's uh, still taking efforts to address it. How do you see the Russian invasion of Ukraine impacting China's food imports or generally its food supply? I think there are some some things the Chinese leadership are learning from this uh, Ukraine war. First is uh, inflation concerns. Even before the war, global food prices are were on the rise, and it was exacerbated by the war and the following uh, market turmoil. But Chinese government has insisted that we need first to stabilize the domestic grain output production, because in China, food prices and energy prices are the main drivers of inflation. Only with a stable food、uh, production can stabilize the food prices, which will ensure a largely comfortable inflation domestically. So, given that China's inflation is now Uh, comfortably within three percent,、uh, it's largely benign reading. The Chinese government emphasized that we need the, the the government need to pay high attention to the imported inflation pressure, which means that in the global market, when China sees the U.S. inflation is、uh, was very high at nine percent, and as well as other advanced e- economies such as the U.K. It stressed the significance to further stabilize the domestic production in order to stabilize the prices. At the time when China is preparing the important parties twenties、uh, congress, and it's emphasized put and put priority on the domestic stability economically and socially, and especially when China is struggling with an economic recovery. So it is quite important that China can maintain the a stable price level, generally or the overall state price level, and a stable grain output will play a very crucial role to that.、Uh, China has seen a bumper harvest for this summer, but、uh, the autumn harvest、uh, accounts three quarters of the total year food output. So the leadership. Uh, has emphasized、uh, repeatedly that we need to stabilize the autumn harvest this year. So you are saying that because of China's t- upcoming twentieth Party Congress, there's a need for domestic stability. There's a need to help China,、uh, help China's economic recovery, which then means limited inflation, which then means that China needs to stabilize its grain supply. Right? C- can I ask,、um, as we're talking through all of this? How much have food prices in China actually increased or changed since Russia's invasion of Ukraine? So, how much have food prices, to the best of your knowledge, as you're going out and buying food, has it changed since late February? Anything or or no real changes at all?、Uh, it's a very interesting question. I think we need to go back to the previous two years. I think in the previous two years, due to the Uh, due to the extreme weather's in some major food producer regions, and also because of COVID control,、uh, there was a huge rises of prices in vegetables and、uh, in pork. From 2020, every time when I go to the when I went to the supermarket, I feel that those、uh, vegetables prices and pork prices are quite high. But from last year, the pork prices has dropped. Significantly, so this year, when we compared with the previous year, even the pork prices has risen. It is still at a relatively low level and has not dramatically affected 
by the uh, external factors which was triggered by the uh, Ukraine war. So largely the food prices and the vegetable prices and the fruit prices are very high, but uh, pork prices remains largely okay. So we cannot say directly it is due to the Ukraine war. It's mostly because of the domestic supply and uh, demand. So just so I understand, you're saying that the fruit and vegetable prices have been increasing in China for quite some time, even before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but the pork prices have dropped. What explains why the fruit and vegetable prices have been going up and pork going down? China will use this, has monitored the prices of the, especially the, the pork prices. Pork price has been a usually a heavyweight in the China CPI uh, basket. And when the, when the pork prices goes up, and the Chinese government will usually say if the price up to a certain warning level, it will encourage and uh, offer subsidies to encourage farmers to raise more pigs, so to increase the port production or even to release some port reserves, so trying to keep the prices uh, stable or drop the prices. So that's the, how the government to adjust the domestic price. It is not affected by the external situation, but mainly due to the domestic production and the supply, supply situation. So can I also ask, uh, one of the um, questions that folks also have when looking at China's response to what's happening after Russia's invasion of Ukraine is, to what extent China has been stocking up on food and supplies and taking potentially potentially worsening some of the food insecurity and raising the international prices of food. What are your thoughts on this? I think that China and the U.S. has uh, blamed each other for the global food crisis. Uh, U.S. has blamed China to hoarding, uh, increase its hoards of the food. But China's stockpiling has increased even before the war, the, the, the Russian's invasion of the Ukraine. And China has seen its uh, agricultural deficit, firstly, from 2004. And its uh, agricultural deficit has uh, since then expanded and ballooned to a record level, level last year. Because of the rising food demand, especially due to a rising middle-income class in China. So China has boosted its uh, imports from the global market on this. In 2021, China's grain imports reached 165 million tons. It equals to one quarter of its domestic production. If we go to details to check this, the wheat import just uh, accounted 6%. And the corn imports accounted for 4%. And a large a majority of the imports was, was soil bean, which account 60%. So before we make judgment about whether China is hoarding food and whether China's uh, large purchase has driving up the food prices and worsening the food crisis, we need to say more details about what agriculture products China has imported. On rice and wheat, which are also the stable food on the Western um, tables. China is largely self-sufficient, rely on its own domestic consumption. China has insisted that they, its imports are moderate, and they wanted just to meet the domestic uh, structure shortages. And uh, Xi Jinping also said that China needs to pay attention to any negative impacts on its uh, imports from the global market. 
is that if China has out of sudden increase a lot on the on the import, it will trigger a huge rise in the global food prices, which will bring some sort of damage to its、uh, to the country in diplomatic front or political front. I checked the latest、uh, statistics, and I found that、uh, actually, since the、uh, in the first half this year, China's food export has dropped slightly, and its wheat import has dropped seven percent, and corn also dropped by ten percent. I think it's largely because of the China has little influence on the price setting in the global market. Its purchases are mainly from the major, the 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 world major. Food traders, so it needs to observe the global market. When the prices are high, it may reduce its imports and to check the market conditions on that. Oh, so so just to make sure, you said in the first half of this year, China's exports dropped. I didn't check the export, but I just checked the imports. I think I remember roughly that China's exports dropped, but its imports are also dropped. And also, a Chinese leader said that we won't. Buy massively in the global market, and、uh, it they insist insisted that the imports are moderate and just to meet the domestic structure shortage. And experts are also saying that China has actually a very tight balance in its food supply and demand. So you mentioned China's growing middle class as a contributor of why China is paying more attention to food security and other issues. I've also seen your newspaper write about the amount of food waste in China and how much the growing middle supply is contributing to that. Could you talk about the extent to which China is、uh, wasting food and the extent to which, as the middle class grows, this is something of growing concern to the Chinese leadership? China leaders has has launched a several campaigns、uh, over the past years against the green loss and food waste. I mean, the green loss is mainly due to the green losses during the、uh, purchase, processing, transportation, and storage. And、uh, and there are technology that can be adopted to mitigate the loss. And、uh, there is not much new figures on that, but the data which has been frequently quoted by、uh, domestic media and experts is that、uh, it is estimated that every year the green loss. Amounts to thirty-five million tons each year. It is compared to the six hundred and fifty tons of the annual production. It is sounds like a small number, but it is very interesting to note that just in in July, a state media which has been focusing on the food security for quite long period, it published an article. It says that despite that China has achieved a bumper harvest this summer. Which is a one percent increase from the same period last year, but it is going to be becoming more difficult for China to increase the green production at the current level, which is also a record high. It as it said that then it means that another way that we can increase the food production is to mitigate the green loss. If China can save the green. By one point forty-three million tons, which means largely a one percentage point of reduction of its food waste and green loss, it can save the green 
by 1.43 million tons, equal to a 2% increase in the summer harvest. It said that it will ensure it's another way to increase the food production. And China has been launched a very large campaign against the food waste on, on restaurants on Chinese tables. I think it's from 2019 or several years ago, even before the pandemic. And there is a public awareness in China about that we should not waste food, and we need to save those. To what extent, given China's focus on food security, that links to, for example, climate change, natural disaster, and other global issues. To what extent do you think this is an area that the United States and China could cooperate on?、Uh, whether that is cooperating on, with respect to climate change, to help address food security issues, or cooperating more broadly to help other countries address food security issues. Do you see this as an area of potential U.S.-China cooperation? Yes, definitely. I mean, China and the U.S. We have seen that the the, the relation between China and U.S. are actually are very tense and heightened. In many areas, but both sides have repeatedly said that there are cooperation remaining in some sectors, including the how to jointly fight the climate change, and、uh, even in the trade、uh, cooperation, there are promising prospect of that to expand the trade, especially in the agriculture sector. And if we check the latest remarks by Chinese envoys in China, in the U.S., and also by some U.S.、Uh, agriculture officials, they also talk about talk up. The agricultural cooperation, but to cope with the current food prices, I think China and the U.S. needs to both sides needs to tame down its finger pointing game, and but to sit and to discuss substantial, have a meaningful substantial meaningful discussion on how to ensure that the the global trade of agriculture will remain unrestricted. By unnecessary trade barriers, and China has raised a proposal that unnecessary trade barriers on the food trade should be removed, especially when the U.S., when the Ukraine and the Russia, they are the major exporters to the many poor countries, including the African country. China has blamed that the U.S. is a hegemony in the global food market because U.S. is the largest food exporter. And also blame the U.S. to weaponize or politicize the issue of the food aid, but there should be discussions on how they can ease the tension and sit together to ensure that the crisis will not worsen. And I think I think I think there are scope that both countries can play part on it. Also, domestic uh, uh, researchers also said that China needs to be a responsible. Players in the global food market, and said that when necessary, China should donate its green reserves. And China also established a food storage and emergency center for the World Food Program in the country. It has started to donate food to the poor country under this program. For China itself, it has emphasized that China needs to diversify its imports. And it signed more than 100 agreements with countries along the Belt and Road Initiative, and especially it has boosted trade、uh, cooperation with ASEAN countries. It's also interesting to note that many experts and、uh, officials they have said that China needs to boost its agricultural investment overseas, but should be careful, cautious against. 
any direct acquisition of farmland overseas, as it will be a highly political sensitive issue, especially when this China's external situation is not as friendly as before. So when you say that China believes that there are still unnecessary trade barriers affecting the global trade of agriculture, what are these unnecessary trade barriers that you're referring to? After the war, due to the rising risks of the global food crisis, more than twenty countries has announced the export restrictions, which、uh, would further exacerbate the crisis and especially endanger the food. Uh, issue in less developed country and especially poor countries, China raised uh, uh, some proposals at the G20 meeting in, in in the previous two months, and among them it said that uh, we should uh, support the United Nations as a key role in ensure the global food uh, supply, especially in the emergency range. It calls the countries to have a coordinated policy in how to coordinate their food. Export and import policies. So another question I had for you is: You said that there are those in China advocating for China to be a responsible player in the global food market and saying that China should donate its own grain reserves. So currently, does China donate food abroad? Yes, yes. China has started to donate food to some African country and also donates uh, uh, food to the Af- Afghanistan, which was hit by the. Of a devastating earthquake,、uh, a couple of months ago, and for those years, China is also boosting its uh, uh, plantation technology with many developing countries in the world. And I think it's also interesting to know that China is now piloting a planting the wheat or rice on the sea water plantation in Middle East country. If it is successful, if it is successful and can used for a massive plantation, it will be. Help to ease the food insecurity concern. You mentioned that there are some proposals in China that China should boost its acquisition of farmland overseas in order to deal with some of the food concerns domestically. But you also mentioned that this is quite a politically sensitive issue. So, as China is thinking about acquiring farmland abroad, is it mainly thinking about acquiring farmland in, for example, Southeast Asia locations close to China? Or are folks proposing everywhere or anywhere? Is that China needs to tap its overseas market to meet the domestic food domestic demand? But China needs to be very sensitive about directly、uh, acquiring farmland in other countries because it's quite sensitive and can trigger some nationalism sentiments. So needs to be very careful and needs to be、uh, has full access about the technology, the risk, political risks and、uh, economic risk. I think that so far China has、uh, used some contracts to lease the land and、uh, to plant a tree、uh, to plant uh, uh, agriculture products in in the overseas farmland, but、uh, it does not mean it acquire the land directly to buy the land directly. So, in the interest of time, I'd like to wrap up this podcast by exploring a final question, which is: as you, as China moves forward in the next five to ten years, there's been some reports saying that China's self-sufficiency rate will drop. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I also, I also saw those reports, and it's、uh, sort of concerning that the food self-sufficiency rate in coming decades. It might be dropped to the lowest level, it below sixty percent. 
of domestic demand by 2030. It's a sort of a a further decline from the current level, which is about 65%. It's also interesting to do some comparison. In the US, the food self-sufficiency rate is 150%. And in the France, the self-sufficiency rate is very high. It's 329%. So China's self-sufficiency rate is a little bit astonishingly low. Um, but there's also needs to be so uh, to let's go to some details as well. The rice and the wheat self sufficiency is largely very high, and it's mainly on other issues such as soil bean and oil crops. That is also pushed the Chinese government to uh, send sterling warnings and uh, put a priority to increase the soil bean uh, plantation this year and try to stabilize and erase its domestic production. Uh, so, uh, therefore, it's really a challenging for China, and I think that it's, China still needs a long way to increase uh, its food self-sufficiency rates by achieving some major breakthrough in innovation and technology, and trying to balance uh, the domestic production and its uh, imports globally. And there is a lot of things that China needs to do. Great. Thank you very much, Wendy, for this very comprehensive and in-depth discussion of China's food security concerns. Thank you for joining us.